to steam or not to steam? That is the question. As you may have guessed, today's episode is all about irons, and we know that quilters love their irons. What did the quilter say when she went out and realized her shirt was all wrinkled? Oh, the irony. Today's guest will answer all of my ironing questions and share the story about how that cool lifting technology for the Oliso iron was invented. Welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Hey quilters, I'm Brandy Maslowski, a firefighter turned quilt teacher, speaker, and author of children's picture book, Christie's Quilts. I created the Quilter on Fire podcast to build a community of quilters that I love. This is my happy place being surrounded by you. One podcast episode at a time, I'm here learning and loving quilting right alongside you. Welcome to episode 27 of the Quilter on Fire podcast. I have been wanting to do a show about irons since 2014. Quilters love their irons. I have had a dozen different types of irons over the last 30 years, and about 10 years ago, I purchased my first Oliso Smart Iron. I thought the technology was pretty cool, and I used it and abused it for the last decade, and it's still going strong to this day. I've even dropped it a few times. My guest today is the Director of Content and Community Relations for Oliso, and her name is Michelle Muska. She commented as Oliso on one of my Instagram posts once, and I replied instantly to tell her that Oliso was on the top of my dream podcast guest list. She actually didn't believe me, I think, but it's true. I think this is a great topic for quilters. And I'm so thrilled I reached out to her because not only did I find an expert in the industry, but I also found a new friend. Michelle Muska, welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you for having me, Brandy. And thank you for that lovely introduction. It's so great to be here. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your Oliso story? Well, about 12 years ago, I went to a trade show. I worked for Simplicity for about 16 years in mostly their craft divisions, which were Easy Quilting, Boy Needle, um, and, and many other brands. So I went to a trade show and actually it was up in um, Beaver Dam at Nancy's Notions. And next to me was the Aliso booth. And of course, Shan was there. Uh, we became kind of instant friends. And when I left, they gifted me an iron. And so that must have been at least, oh gosh, 12 years ago. And, and it was the yellow, there's the, our signature yellow iron and smart iron. And then I still have it today and I still use it. That is That one is dedicated to my garments. Um, and I have to tell you a secret that I actually don't use an ironing board for my clothes. I iron on my bed, but anyway. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, a couple years ago, um, I was looking for a new position and um, I, you know, called Shan and a week later I was at Quilt Market working as an Elysian. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was, you know, very exciting. I love the product. And of course I am a quilter and a fiber artist. So I need, um, I do need an iron for my work. So. So how long have you been there now and what's your role? Okay, so I have been there for uh, next week. Actually, um, in a few days, I'll be there for two years. I am the director of content and community relations. So I handle the social media. I often um, 
you know, do a lot of the content or I curate the content for our social media as well as our blog, our YouTube channel. So I'll film a video for YouTube and then I'll also include for our newsletter, a PDF downloadable instruction sheet. So then you can watch the video and also follow along. So I'm in charge of all of that. I'm also do the logistics for the trade shows along with our shipping expert at work. So I actually, you know, do the contracts for the trade shows and consumer events um, and work on all of that. And then I attend the shows and I've been doing that. Actually, I did that for um, simplicity as well. So I've always done, you know, the trade shows and consumer events and which I really enjoy connecting with our customers. And that's one of the things that um, Aliso is really proud of that we really like to connect with our customers and see what they're looking for and hopefully design future products that really meet their needs and wants as well. And um, the other thing I do is I work on product development, which is really fun. And I've always done that. I've always worked for a manufacturer. So not only have I done content and consumer outreach, but I've always done partially, some of my work has been done in product development because I am the user of all the products that we manufacture. So I think I have an outlook that the engineers maybe don't necessarily have because they don't use the products every day. Lisa is a very small company. Um, It's family owned. So we actually all wear a lot of hats. Yeah. And you're such a positive people person. You must be having so much fun with that job. So what's your favorite part of the job? Um, I think always my favorite part is connecting with people, but also reaching out to um, influencers and designers and helping them grow their brand and they, and as well as they're helping us, but just connecting with people because I feel like not everybody wants to just see or hear my voice, you know, my design perspective on our blog or our um, Instagram or our Facebook. So I've really, I think, cultivated a lot of wonderful connections and friends through that. And, um, you know, and people are so willing to share, Mm -hmm. you know, what they're doing and what they're working on. So I think that really is my favorite part of the job and, you know, bringing other companies in as well. So I love to collaborate with some of the other friends I have in the industry, introducing them to our designers that maybe they don't know already that they might want to use their products as well. And, you know, and I love giving things away. So it's always fun to do a giveaway and, um, you know, get people excited uh, about um, our products. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm always trying to think of new ways to use our product And I think that that's another um, aspect of uh, my job that I really enjoy as well. Yeah, and I've had so much fun doing this with you. And I I have the new mini iron now and I have fallen head over heels for it. It's like like it has the power of a regular iron. It's awesome. And I can't wait to tell everybody what we're giving away today. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But where is Oliso located and where are you in the world? Our headquarters is in the Bay Area out near San Francisco. Our headquarters are there, our offices, as well as our warehouse. 
And then I am uh, remote. I work in my home office when I'm not traveling. Of course, this past year hasn't been any travel. I've always traveled for my job a very high percentage of my time. And so that was a little bit difficult, but I'm in North Central Connecticut in New England. Um, so it's beautiful springtime here. And I really, I do enjoy being at home working, but I kind of miss being on the road and seeing all my friends. But since I've been working, you know, remotely for many, many years and traveled a lot, I have friends all over the United States, you know, mm-hmm. quilter friends and fiber artists. And um, I always, when I travel, if someone I know I'm friends with nearby, I always try to make sure I connect with them and get to see them while I'm there, you know, to take advantage of um, having to be away from my home and my family. So at least I get to see some friends. Yeah. And speaking of the lack of travel, last the last year and a half has been strange for everyone. So how has the Oliso company shifted in service over the last year? It's been um, difficult for us in in some aspects. The mini iron, I think, has been a great asset, especially for marketing, you know, public relations. We were able to keep our manufacturing level up for the mini iron. The supply chain was a little bit more difficult to keep going for the large irons. So, you know, we just really had to concentrate on Um, finding new and unusual ways to use the mini iron, like, you know, finding something that was a little bit new and different for people to be excited about and sharing that with a lot of our influencers and finding new niches as far as the mini iron is concerned. So recently I'm doing, oh, (laughs) it's kind of funny, but I've been trying to get this little collaboration going and it's going to be starting shortly with perler beads. So I don't know if you know what perler beads are. Perler beads are those little plastic round beads that you put on a board and then you put this like waxy paper over it and you melt it with an iron and it melts together. So a lot of times kids use this, but there are adult perler bead artists that make these crazy things, you know, jewelry and costumes and a lot of cosplay designers use it. So I'm always looking for ways to, you know, reach out and find, you know, something a little, another niche market that people might, you know, find the mini iron useful for. And the mini iron has a diamond coated ceramic soul plate. So working with fusibles and plastics are, you know, not an issue because it's easy cleanup. So let's dive into the story behind the Oliso iron, the smart iron. Who invented it and who created the technology and why? Oh, well, this is a really great story. I love this story. So um, Asan Alipur is the CEO and owner of our company, along with his wife, Shan. And uh, Asan did his undergrad at Berkeley, but his graduate work was at Stanford. And they had a graduate project that they had to complete. And it was something to do with taking a typical household item and reinventing it and making it, doing something different with it. And so his mom and aunt were sewists and quilters, and he knew that they always were using this iron. So he thought, well, what can I do to improve this iron to make it, you know, more useful, easier, 
you know, more, be more ergonomic. And that's how he came up with the Oliso Smart Iron. So it was a graduate project. And then from there, uh, he made it into a business. He was an, you know, an entrepreneur and he took that and made his project into his whole business. That's how he started. And then he also paired that with some kitchen products. So we do have a sous vide, uh, which is a French bath cooker on a conduction surface plate. We have vacuum sealers, mason jar sealers, but really our main product is the iron. And so our motto grew out of the invention of that iron, which is to Aliso designs products to surprise, delight, and simplify your life. So whenever we're talking about a new product in our product development meetings, we kind of always go back to that motto and say, you know, is this going to surprise someone? Is it going to bring them pleasure, delight, and will it make their life easier? Because, you know, that's something that I think in everyday products that, you know, keeps people coming back for more, you know? Yeah. We all like something that's useful. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And this iron does make life easier because it's ergonomic. So tell us about the ergonomics of it. So the, you know, an iron, most, most of, uh, I think, sewists and quilters like a heavier iron. Um, I feel like, you know, whether it's psychological or we really feel like that makes that seam press a little bit better. I feel like we like the weight of an iron. And, you know, if um, like many of us that are hand stitchers and always working with our hands, you know, we do wear out our joints and our tendons and our ligaments. And we really need to be very mindful of taking care of our um, hands and wrists and elbows and shoulders. And so with the Aliso iron, you never have to lift it onto its heel. It has the little feet that when you press your hand, even just gently to the top of the um, handle, it's, it's an eye touch, has eye touch capability. It's a smart iron. The feet lift up, the iron on the sole plate drops down to the pressing surface and you just push it along. So you're not lifting that iron up and down, up and down. And which really, some people think it's just affects your wrists, but it doesn't. The ligaments and stuff in, in your wrists are attached to your elbow and your shoulder. And um, we always talk about, and my friend Leslie and I, we do a little um, Instagram where we always talk about, you know, stretching your, your muscles, stretching your arms and your shoulders and everything. So, you know, we really want everybody to be healthy so they can keep creating for many years to come. So you started off with that initial model. So what other models of smart irons are there now? Well, there are several different models of the TG series. Um, the TG1600, which is our pro iron, is the top of the line. And we just had a product launch with our Pro Plus. But we also have some other smart irons that have some of the same features but maybe not as robust. So they're more for like your home iron, you know, so like the TG 1050 is like something you would use maybe if you just iron shirts and draperies and clothes and things like that. And then it goes up from there. Um, recently, we had a product launch that is only on pre-order, which is due in this summer. So we have added some additional features to the TG 1600 that really kind of, you know, made the TG1600 on steroids. <laughs> so it has, it, it course, it kept the eye touch capability with the little feet, you know, 
for er the ergonomic value, but it has an anti-cal cartridge in the water system because you can only really use tap water in our irons. You do not use distilled water. So with that in mind, everybody's concerned if they have a really hard water. So we've added a, an anti-cal cartridge inside the tank itself. We have a new sole plate, which is the diamond coated ceramic sole plate, which is the same that we have on the mini iron, which mm -hmm. glides really easy, works great for fusibles. We actually have changed a little bit of the steam holes so it has a nicer distribution. The weight distribution was reconfigured a little bit to make it even more ergonomic. And then, but we did keep the features that we thought were really important, like the 12 foot swivel cord, the um, detailer, the two inch detailer tip and things like that. So it, it has some new um, features that I think that a lot of you know quilters especially will find impressive. Okay, now we're gonna take a short break for a note from our sponsor, and then we'll come right back and talk about the new Oliso mini irons and the big question that quilters love to ask, to steam or not to steam? We'll be right back. Northcott Fabrics are famous to quilters for their Stonehenge and O Canada collections. Right here on this podcast, we give away fabric from Northcott Collections, Banyan Boutiques, and Figo Fabrics. Look for all of these at your local quilt shop. Northcott, cottons that feel like silk. So Michelle, you have a great new product that quilters will love, and I love it. When did the mini iron come out, and what's special about that design? Well, the mini iron has been out for a few years already. Um, but we just re reintroduced the two new colors, which is the turquoise and orchid purple um, yeah. in the second half of last year. So pretty much when I came on board two years ago, it was pretty much just getting out into the stores. And one of the things um, that I love about the mini iron is really probably the sole plate and how it gets really hot. So the mini iron has two heater boxes in it in order for it to get as hot as the large iron. So it's a thousand watts as opposed to 1800 watts, but because it's in a small container, it does get as hot as your large iron. It has a lot of features that people had asked us for. Crafters in particular really wanted a hot iron and no auto shut off to really work with those fusible uh, powders that they use. Um, I am not familiar with that, you know, those kind of um, products, but I use a lot of fusibles in my work, like, you know, mm -hmm. heat and bond by Thermal Web, things like that, and Misty Fuse. So um, I love the diamond coated ceramic plate because it's very easy cleanup. It does have um, steam burst capability. And that means it only doesn't have continuous steam like our large iron. So if I really want to do something with high steam, I use the TG1600. Uh, but I often also use my um, spray, you know, my flatter by soak. That's what I prefer, especially with the mini iron. Because it doesn't have continuous steam for me, I prefer to use um, a spray. And I usually use my mini iron a lot with my fusibles. So you don't use steam with fusible products. You need a hot, dry iron. So I just, you know, find that um, really, you know, that's how it works for me. And it's really funny because some people never, never put water in their iron. 
any iron because they're like water and electricity. No, they just don't feel like that. Those two go and they only use pressing sprays. And some people like, you know, love to have, you know, the steam and our, both of our irons, the mini, as well as the TG 1600 do um, horizontal as well as vertical steam too. So I think it's personal preference really. Yeah, that really is the answer to the steam or not to steam question. It's a personal preference and everyone's different. And you'll hear one expert saying, if you never put steam in your iron, your iron will last forever. And then you hear another expert saying, I use steam with everything, but I empty it out every time or whatever, right? So they all have different um, advice. Um, so, but what kind of water should you use? You mentioned it briefly, but let's go into detail on that because you want to make sure we're using right. the right, right water in and, these irons. And every iron is different every manufacturer, so you really need to read that. So just because I'll tell you what we need, it may not be what another iron manufacturer suggests. So our, we suggest that if you can drink it, the iron can drink it. Ah. So, and if you really don't drink- Wait a minute, okay, so can we put wine in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, I don't know. No, I, I don't think so. But you know, some people make their own. My friend, Allie Aller, she makes her own pressing spray with cheap vodka oh. and water. I <laughs> uh, that would work, but I'm, don't, I'm not suggesting that by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, use your tap water and I have well water. I've used well water in my Aliso for 12 years. It's been absolutely fine. Um, if you have extremely hard water, then I would use inexpensive bottled water, but not distilled water. Because right. um, wa regular tap water has certain minerals in it that help the iron work. I don't know how, because I'm not the engineer. I just know that that's the case and that's what we need to do. So I think that, you know, if you do use water in your iron, it's just, you definitely need to use tap water or bottled regular water. And you should always, um, also you should always empty your water well when you're done. I'm, I'm not going to tell you whether I really do that. Or not, <laughs> you should do that. It helps prevent leakage um, in mm -hmm. any iron at all, yeah. not just ours. And you should always unplug your iron, um, not just turn it off. Even if it's in a electrical strip, you should always unplug your iron for, for safety reasons. Um, per my brother-in-law, who's a fire chief in Albuquerque. <laughs> so very important. Safety yeah, important. I definitely agree. Those are some great tips. Now, can you give us a couple of tips for caring for your iron? Now, you already mentioned that if you're done with it, you want to empty the water out and let it be dry. Um, but what about storage? Is there anything else we should do to care for that sole plate? Well, um, for our irons, you, you actually leave the feet out. Mm -hmm. So when you turn it off and the instructions tell you how to make sure you do that, so the sole plate is lifted off of the you know, surface, but we also have a product that is an accessory called a sole mate and it's a silicone pad. So if you're going to put it like in a drawer or a cabinet for a while, um, you know, most people have their iron out all the time, but if you're going to do that or traveling, you would recess the feet and slip on the sole, the sole mate. Now the mini iron has a, a soulmate that's integral in its use. Um, so it's, you know, medical grade silicone. So it will not 
you know, melt under any circumstances. And the mini iron, um, the sole, the trivet actually, you know, kind of connects on, right onto it. You wrap the cord around it, you can store it, you can travel with it and you can hang it. It has a little hole at the top and you can hang it, say like I have mine on my pegboard behind my work table. And the same thing with the um, large iron. This, you can also hang that as well. But I think that um, just, you know, what we've always done, you know, people clean their soul plates in different ways. I really never really get too much junky stuff on mine. I'm always kind of careful, but there's ease off you can use. There's also a method of taking like a salt table salt on a brown paper and ironing over it. We have a designer that works with us, Lindsay Johns. She's a garment sewer. She did a nice YouTube video with our iron to, to do use regular household products around the house. Um, and maybe we could share that with your listeners. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that once in a while, you um, can clean out your water tank with white vinegar and water. So what you would do is do half white vinegar, half water, and you're going to run it through really steaming, 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 pressing that button, getting it all out of there. And you could do that a couple of times. And then, um, then you want to run it through with regular water just to get all the white vinegar smell out. But you know, white vinegar is like the miracle cleaner, you know, it always has been. And now people are using it in their homes too. Um, so yeah, so those are a few of the things to take care of your iron besides, you know, making sure that you empty the water and stuff, especially if you have a lot of sediment in your water and it's hard and you're leaving it there for days on end you know, it could really develop into something that, you know, you might not want to see. And one little tip that I love that you shared with me, and I think you might have been laughing at me, not with me, but you shared a tip with me about the silicon sole for the mini iron, because I was struggling to, to stick it back in there each time, but in between uses, and you said it's two-sided. <laughs> yes, thank you for that reminder. Yes. So, um, it was funny because when I first came on board and I was learning how to use the mini iron and they sent me one and I was like, guys, you could tell that the engineers did this. Like they, they have the tiniest little imprint like that says resting side and storage side. I'm like, yeah, no, you need to like, you can tell I wasn't here. You need to bump that pit, that font up a little bit. So yes, it's very important. And um also make sure you never put, when you're using the mini iron, you want to turn it over on the resting side. It lifts it up from the, from the surface that you're leaving it on to allow airflow underneath that, which is really helpful. And you want to make sure it's on an insulated surface or nothing that you're really too concerned about. Um, make sure you don't forget and place it on top of your um, rotary cutting mat. It definitely will warp it. I mean, I, I was teaching um, one time and I was busy and I left it on the corner, you know, on the trivet the appropriate way, but still it, it, and even if you use a wool pressing pad, which I use my wool pressing pads all the time, you cannot evenly put it on top of your, your mat as well. Because, you know, think about it. The wool mat is, is like a heat conductor. And it still will draw that heat right down through the whole wool mat onto your, um, you know, yeah. your cutting surface. So you just want to make 
Sure. I know those are simple things and we think, oh, we'll never do that. But yeah, guess what? We, we sometimes all do. <laughs> so it is very powerful. And, you know, sometimes like if you leave it on for hours on end, you really need to turn it down and let it rest a little bit. It, yeah. It's back up in like 25 seconds. So, you know, it's not mm-hmm. a big deal. So what is the best selling color of the pro iron or well, the, that's you know, really smart iron. an interesting question because, you know, we always pay attention to that. And for a while it really was pink and then, um, but then yellow kept, you know, wasn't quite as popular, but now it seems to be creeping back in. Um, you know, yellow uh, was the, is the color, the Pantone color of the year. Um, and it's, you know, sunshine and happy. And I think people were excited about that. Uh, but with our two new colors, um, the turquoise and the orchid, um, they've been both pretty popular. So um, I know that turquoise is a top color, say like on QVC and HSN for home um, products, like in the kitchen. You know, appliances, turquoise is like really the hot thing. People love, seem to love the turquoise, but I, you know, I feel like orchids holding its own too. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's a hard question. I think it really just depends when you're looking at it, you know? So, but I have to say pink was always the top, but then I really feel that yellow has kind of made a little bit of a comeback this year. Great. And do quilters like to buy the matching smart iron and mini project iron to go together? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I, and they do like to do that. And when, um, you know, some of our influencers, when they're getting a new irons um, and they're always like, I was like, well, okay, well, here's what many colors I really wanted to match, you know? So I have to say, you know, we had, we, when we put out um, our product launch a few weeks ago for the pro plus, the TG 1600 Pro Plus, and it's all four colors now. People were so excited that, you know, because they might have a purple or a, you know, turquoise mini, and now they're going to be able to get the mama to go with it. So, you know, I think that it will be really fun. I feel lucky. I get to have all the colors, which is so fun because then I get to match them to my fabric, whatever project I'm making for, for my photos for Instagram. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I love my yellow ones and they're so great for Instagram photos. Everybody loves them. They're so cute. When I pulled it out of the box, yeah. it was like this adorable reveal. Everybody yeah. was like, it's so cute. <laughs> and that has an ergonomic handle as well. It's like you hold it like a mouse. Um, yeah. For a mini iron, it does weigh like two pounds. So, um, I mean, it's not heavy, but it, it has some heft to it. So I think that um, it's not a toy. It's not made for children. Um, yeah. you know, because it doesn't have an auto shut off. We don't suggest it really, you really need to have adult supervision, you know, for a tween that's learning to sew, I think you're okay with that, you know. Um, but I think teaching um, kids how to sew and using the smart iron is, has been um, really helpful. We provided um, the smart iron to a few sewing schools that have classes for children. And at first they were like, oh, but then they're going to, you know, learn like to put the iron down here and lift it at home. And I said, well, you know, really statistically speaking, most people get injured by the, by the iron when it's standing upright and they Mm -hmm. brush their arm against it and they tip it over. And so ours has a lower center of gravity. Even if you bump the ironing board, it 
it has to even at 30 degrees angle it doesn't fall off and so um there's a school in hartford right near me um hartford stitch and so um I provided the school with uh, the smart irons for everybody, but you know, especially I thought it'd be great for the kids. And after we talked a little bit about the safety um, issues, you know, she was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so that's so true." I think that you know, they just need to be aware when they go home that they don't have a if they don't have an Aliso, <laughs> you have to remember to lift it on its heel. I want to get into the burning question. You're in this industry, but are you a quilter yourself? Yes, I am a quilter. I would say I'm a fiber artist because I do a lot of different, you know, crafts and art with fiber. I always seem to come back to fiber and hand stitching. I've done felting, knitting, crochet, but um, I usually do end up coming back to fabric and quilts or bags or something like that. I made my first quilt when I was about nine. I actually, my mom taught me to sew when I was really young, like four or five, I was hand sewing, hand stitching. And then we had a 4-H group in, in our neighborhood that we did garment sewing. And then um, for some crazy reason, I decided to make a quilt. My mom made clothes, evening wear and hats, but she didn't make quilts, So, but her sisters did. So I don't know if I remember seeing quilts at their house, but I decided I would, um, I made this improv quilt. It was a nine patch. I pulled all of the fabric just willy-nilly out of the basket next to the sewing machine. I made a half square triangle nine patch. She gave me some fabric to make sashing and I didn't really know how to do it. No one was really helping me. I was by myself in my corner of my mom's room where she had her, her cast iron Kenmore with the knee pedal, which I loved. And I, I zigzagged mustard colored cotton for all the sashing and then I went and stole my lavender plaid flannel sheet off of my bed because I knew it had to for some reason I knew it had to have a filler and then she gave my mom gave me an old sheet and so that was my first quilt which I always had on my bed I took it to college with me I took it to my first apartment in Boston I brought it to the beach with us. I sat my children in my backyard on it and it's somewhere in my house in tatters, but I still have it. So I'm, I can't say I'm a prolific quilt maker. I usually make a quilt with something very specific in mind, a person, not a pattern. Um, I prefer mostly improv quilting and I do love English paper piecing. I just um, finished a little while ago, um, the Brimfield Awakening block from one of my oldest granddaughter who's two. So that was a lot of handwork. And then I'm now working on another EPP project from Lily Ella. Um, I did the quilt myself. It's Drunkard's Path in the center, but the, the borders will be in solid. And it will have all these little butterfly, EPP butterflies all around the borders. Oh, and I, I did write a quilt book. I was very interested in vintage blocks and how vintage quilts and how you could either deconstruct or reconfigure them in a modern way. It was called Quilting the New Classics. It came out about six years ago. 
and it was a curated book. I mean, I did one of the quilts, but I invited, there was 20 people all together, including myself. And each chapter was a quilt, different quilt block. And one did a modern version and one did a traditional version. And then I did some historical research on each you know, pattern and talked a little bit about that as well. And we also talked about labeling and batting and so forth in, in the book itself too. So, um, and I gave, you know, pretty much free reign to everybody. I was just like, you just, you just need to have a quilt in the end that you can write instructions for. I'll have it tech edited and someone needs to look at it and say, oh yeah, it, it's a double wedding ring. You know what I mean? So that kind of thing. So, um, but I do have a funny story if you have time for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, the hexagon quilt was uh, Linda Pumphrey did the traditional one and all by hand. And um, that quilt was made all over the world, flying to Bali and everywhere else that she went wow. to travels. And Leslie Tucker Jennison did the modern one. And so she had it all finished and she was ready, getting ready to send it to me so I could send it to the photographer at the publisher. And um, she called me in a panic. And she said, she just showed the quilt to her husband. And, and she said, what, what do you think of my, my hexagon quilt for Michelle? And he goes, well, it would be great if it wasn't an octagon. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyways, so we, I love that story. She doesn't mind me telling it. And she was so mortified and what was she gonna do? And I said, listen, it's a modern quilt. I said, applique some hexagons on there. And we're ready to go. I mean, you know, it's totally fine. So that's what we did. And off, off we went. So, you know. Even your book project sounds like a lovely collaboration of friends. It sounds like that's what you do best. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, what I really liked is some of the chapters just happened to, um, you know, couple people that were friends. So like, Victoria Finley Wolf did the modern double wedding ring and Shelly Polly I did the traditional. Now Shelly is um, a long armor. She graciously um, does some of my long arming. I mean, I don't have a lot of quilts but she'll fit me in which I feel, you know, very honored that she can do that because she's such an artist. Um, but she actually long arms a lot of Victoria's quilts. So they have won some really great prizes together and she's pretty amazing. So I loved that they were in that chapter together. And I have both of those quilts. One I hung on the wall, Victoria's is on the wall of my granddaughter. And the other one I gave to my mom on her 85th birthday. So books are a labor of love and I really, um, I felt really honored that when I was really afraid to ask people to be in it because I knew there wasn't a lot of money involved, you know what I mean? But um, like, you know, Jackie Gehring did a quilt and Pat Sloan and Carmen. I mean, so many people were so generous to me. I was just thrilled because it is a labor of love, really. Well, and it sounds like such a great curation of people and quilts. So tell us the title of that book again and where can we get it? quilting the new classics and I think you can still get it on Amazon some quilt shops still local quilt shops still have it okay so we can check it out there I will actually give you one to pair with the giveaway we're doing 
my goodness, this giveaway is just looking huge. Wait till you hear what we're giving away. This is so exciting. Okay, so working for Oliso, you must attend lots of quilt shows. So have there been any highlights over the years? Well, this past year, of course, we haven't really traveled, but we did virtual um, show. We did a few virtual shows, which were fun. Like, I have to say the Sew Expo um, in Puyallup was fun because they actually let us do live demos and we had visitors in our Zoom room, which was really great. But I love all the shows that I go to. You know, I have been on the Quilt Alliance board and the IQA board, and I've traveled to shows and things on their behalf as well. And as far as, you know, both of the companies that I worked for in the, in this industry for years, I, I don't know, just connecting with the people and stuff. I always remember my first quilt trip for the industry was with Easy Quilting 17 years ago, probably. And I went to Paducah which was a little shocking because if you went to Paducah that long ago, it was a little scary where you had to stay. But anyways, it's really changed. <laughs> but my boss said, take the afternoon off after we set up and go down to the quilt museum. And I walked into the quilt museum and lo and behold, there was a one woman show by Hollis Chatelaine and Hollis was there. And I had never seen anything like that before. And I was so taken aback and she was just so nice to me. You know, she greeted me and she walked me through some of her quilts and answered my questions. And I was just like in, in so much awe, you know, I just couldn't believe it. And that really opened my eyes to not just your patchwork quilting, you know what I mean? And I did a lot of art quilting for many years you know, kind of once I got into the industry, I was more of an art quilter, working with silks and fibers and things like that. And then I kind of switched to more improv and maybe some, you know, patterns. I never really followed a pattern, quilt pattern ever, except for my EPP Brimfield Awakening block. So, And you must have really been in love with Brimfield Awakening, considering the story behind it with the heritage block they found, right? Yes. And Brimfield is right near my house. Oh, I'm having them on the show. So that's really exciting. Oh, oh my gosh. You are in for a treat because they are so much fun. And I love them so much. And Aliso, they use the Aliso mini iron all the time. And we do a lot of little projects and collaborations and giveaways together. I love the Brimfield block and I love EPP, but I probably love it so much more because I think Kim and Nisha are just so fabulous. You know what I mean? I love everything about them. So, and, and I, and I love to teach. So I've always taught pretty much my whole adult life, taught crafts for children and adults, but now pretty much I teach for French General in LA. This year, of course, was virtual. I did, um, you know, filmed classes, but I did my first Zoom class uh, live, which was pretty interesting. And I teach for Creative Bug as well. And now pretty much I basically teach my silk flowers and work with fusibles with the minis, found different ways to use fusibles as far as um, molding the petals of the fibers and uh, it was pretty interesting. I didn't have any tools. So I went into my kitchen drawer and used um, an antique metal uh, melon baller to get the roundness. And my friend Allie sent me her millinery um, flower tools, you know, um, that were made in Australia, but are French. So they actually have different size brass, brass balls on the end of these wooden handles. So um, pretty much, you know, that's what I really enjoy teaching now. 
having this as your day job in the quilting or sewist industry, are you finding that you get to take time to quilt and be creative yourself? Well, I've been in this industry for about 18 years. And yes, I always find time. I've had to kind of change things up what I do on occasion to fit into my schedule and carry with me. It's kind of how I started doing EPP, you know, because I could carry those little hexes on the plane with me and everything. So over the years, you've made some incredible friends that you've already talked about, but and you're good friends with a renowned fabric designer, Leslie Tucker Jennison. So tell us about the fun you're having with Leslie on Instagram. Well, Leslie and I, yes, we've been friends for many years. We were on the Quilt Alliance board together. That might be how we met, but we just really get along so well and really enjoy each other's company. So last fall, we decided we would try to do um, a little sew along or something. So we wanted to use Jen Carlton Bailey's templates. And I don't know if you know Jen and she goes, her handle is Betty Crocker ass on Instagram and (laughs) Betty Crocker, what (laughs) Betty Crocker ass. And she's, (laughs) she's amazing. So look her up. You, you, you would love her. And she's a teacher, you know, she teaches at, you know, Quilcon and retreats and so forth. So we really wanted to use her templates and she has a really incredible method of using a glue pen to sew her curve. So I tried to do a drunkard's path. I had some Liberty of London Hello Kitty fabric that I was saving to do something special. And I tried to do this drunkard's path with a curve and I gave up. Once I discovered how Jen does it, I was so successful. It's just, you know, kind of amazing. So Leslie and I decided that we needed to do something during this pandemic. So we decided we were gonna use the drunkard's path template you know, Jen calls them curvelets, but we decided to do it every Monday and we called it Little Drunk Monday, <laughs> Drunkard's Path. And so we had a little sew along with the one and a half inch block. It was done by hand and people joined us. We had a hashtag and Leslie and I took turns every week hosting and we also took turns giving away gifts. So we had a prize package like every week for people that we sent out. And it was just really, you know, kind of fun. So when we finished that, it was kind of like uh, right before the holidays, we were like, oh, like we felt like bad that we weren't going to do this anymore. So we decided we switch it to Thursday and we would do tipsy tea Thursday. So Little Drunk Monday, we actually had our friend that does mixology. We did had a signature cocktail. We celebrated if you wanted to have a cocktail while we were on our Instagram live. So Tipsy Tea Thursday was because it was still Drunkard's Path, but it was a little bit more open. You could do whatever size you wanted and so forth. And we, you know, had like a tea sponsor. We talked about tea. Um, Jamie Fingle did a really cute logo with tipsy teacups on it and so forth. And we still gave away prizes. So now we're still doing it, but it's really, it's just us (laughs) talking and we have some loyal followers that always join us and say hello. And we've been having guests lately. So we had like Amy Milne, one week, um, Victoria Finley Wolf's um, Victoria was on, hopped on one week, and Roderick Kirikoff is supposed to join us tomorrow afternoon. And uh, we'll also be talking about Yvonne Purcello, who it would would be her birthday on Wednesday, and so we're going to kind of celebrate Yvonne as well. 
And um, yeah, so it's just us kind of chit-chatting, talking. We seem to be having guests lately and it's been fun. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Right now we're going to get into something I love called the lightning round robin. It's a rapid fire series of questions and it's lots of fun. So are you ready? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) So we may have covered this a little bit already, but what is your favorite type of quilting? English paper piecing. Okay. And what is your favorite notion? Oh, I should say my Aliso mini iron. (laughs) (laughs) You should, but you can say a second one since you have. Oh, um, just a really good pair of tiny sharp scissors. Okay. And who has been a quilting inspiration in your life? My aunt Sybil, my friend Victoria, my friend Leslie, my friend Allie. Okay. And what color do you choose most when quilting? That's recently been changing. I always gravitated to blue or green. And I now reach for these corals, yellow and orange, which is a shocker for me. It's like a surprise. Okay. And what's your favorite snack in the quilting studio? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I really love cheese skinny pop. But, you know, um, Kim and Nisha said, if you have that in your studio, then you have to eat them with chopsticks <laughs> so you don't get cheese on your fingers. Oh, I think I know what that is. Those little sticks that are dipped in something. No, no. A skinny pop is just cheese. It's a it's a cheese popcorn. It's oh, like and it's not very many calories, but it does get cheese on on your fingers. So, oh. like, you know, they suggested you eat them with um Sometimes I eat it with a spoon or chopsticks. Chopsticks. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. So you don't get it on your fingers. Right. Okay. And while you're quilting, do you listen to anything or watch anything? Oh, when I'm doing my handwork, if I'm outside, I have this really cool swing chair and it's like a cage, a bird cage. And if I'm out there working, I don't listen to any music or anything. If it's nighttime and I'm watching TV, I really like detective murder mysteries. I watch a lot of those while I'm hand quilting. Okay, that was fun. So thank you so much for enduring the lightning round, Robin. Now I want to make sure that we're featuring the website. So the website for Oliso is oliso.com. So that's O-L-I-S-O.com, where we can see all the products, the smart irons, the mini irons, and the other kitchen products. But where's the best place for people to follow Oliso on social media? On Instagram, it's Oliso Home. On Facebook, it's Oliso. And if you sign up for our newsletter, which you can do that on our website, um, you'll get some great information and free projects from me, as well as some of our designer friends. Um, Also information about nonprofit events um, that we highlight and we sponsor as well. And we usually partner with either a particular designer influencer that wants to celebrate having a new pattern come out. So recently, like right now, we're just finishing up Maggie and Stitches with the Betsy purse, the Betsy purse pattern, which I made a ton of with Denise Schmidt's new fabric line five and 10. And that was really fun. So we like to, you know, feature 
a lot of different types of notions and, and everything. We often collaborate with Yazzie and Wild Boho. We did a fun giveaway with both of them. We're open to all kinds of ideas, you know, from, from everybody. Okay, so where can we find your Instagram that you do the Insta Lives with Leslie and that kind of thing? Your oh, on Leslie Tucker Jenison and then on Michelle Muska. So it's Michelle with one L. And my um, Instagram is private, but you can just request me. And if okay. you're a, like a quilter and a maker, I let you in. Okay, that's super fun. So let's outline. I've been waiting for this the whole podcast. I'm really excited about this giveaway. So let's outline the contest giveaway. We know already we're giving away the book you talked about. So let's mention that again. What's the name of that book? Quilting the New Classics. Okay. And we are going to give away an Oliso mini iron and a Yazzie bag. So tell us about this giveaway. You can do it in any color you get to choose. So tell us all about it. So the mini iron comes in yellow pink, turquoise, and orchid, which is purple, bright purple. So you can choose any one. And then um, there's a little Yazzy bag that fits the mini iron perfectly that I will send along to you. So they'll come separately because one I'll send from my home office and one will come from our warehouse. So if you want to get your name in in this five-day contest giveaway, you need to go to the YouTube channel, the Quilter on Fire YouTube channel, watch the trailer, and look in the description because that's where the link to the contest giveaway is. You can enter the contest every day. You can get extra entries by liking Oliso Irons on Instagram, by liking Michelle on Instagram, by liking me on Instagram. You get two extra giveaways for every time you do that. It's open for five days, like I said, and every time um, we give away, it's always a Sunday every time we close the contest. So make sure you go and enter that giveaway. This is actually the biggest giveaway we've ever done on the podcast so far. So make sure you get your name in there. Now, Michelle, as we wrap up, first of all, I just have to say thank you for that giveaway. That is so generous. I really appreciate it. Thank you for that. Very welcome. Now, as we wrap up, what do you want quilters to take away most from our conversation today? You know, I think that I would love everyone to make quilts for what you want and who you want and how you want. They're your quilts. There's no one really looking over your shoulder. I think that making a quilt from your heart is what's the most important, especially if it's a gift to celebrate an event, a birth, a marriage a graduation, a memory quilt. So just enjoy your quilting and sewing world. Oh, those are such kind words to end with. Michelle, it's been so great to hear your story and have you on the show and feature Oliso Irons. So thank you so much for being on the show today. You're welcome. So that was my show with Michelle Muska talking about the story behind the Oliso Smart Iron. Who would have imagined a man who's not even a quilter would find a product with a design that hadn't changed for decades, come up with an ergonomic solution and build a company that has grown to be one of the leaders in the industry. And it has been an absolute pleasure to meet Michelle, hear about her quilting story and walk away from all of this with a great new friend. I love this podcast and I hope you do too. Now remember, I love to hear from you. Please write a review or share this podcast. The kindest thing you can do for me is to introduce me to your friends. Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.